Hello and welcome to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, the podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Each week, I'm joined by a guest who tells me all about the places in Scotland that mean the most to them and the memories and stories associated with these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all the songs in full due to copyright, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it and leave us a rating and a review. You can also find us on social media. For Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And for Twitter, search Capture Cali. Please like and share the pages with all your friends and family to help spread the word of Capture Caledonia and to keep up with the latest news. If you would like to support the podcast to help with future episodes, you can now donate on my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount, no matter how small, really goes a long way. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to this week's episode. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. This week, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Rachel Sermani to the tracks that take us back. Rachel is a Scottish singer-songwriter from the beautiful quaint village of Carbridge in the Scottish Highlands. Having developed a keen interest and passion for music throughout her childhood, Rachel has since gone on to establish herself as one of the brightest stars to shine upon the Scottish folk music scene. Rachel's songwriting has been capturing the hearts of people all over the world since the release of her 2012 debut album, Under Mountains. It was the first full body of work that Rachel released into the world, resulting in four years of non-stop touring and numerous highlights. Since then, Rachel has blessed us with three further albums, including a wonderful live album recorded in Dawson City in the Yukon. 2021 sees Rachel releasing a new EP as well as touring the UK later this year. So lots to look forward to as hopefully we make our way to more positive days. Rachel, thank you so much for giving me your time today. It's a pleasure to welcome you to Capture Caledonia. Ah, thank you. What a nice introduction. It's cool. I feel like already there's this focus with them. With your podcast having this element of there being like a focus on like location and places that it was quite fun listening to you speak about um, these things that I've done in the context of some of those places that I've also been so that was nice but yeah thank you for having me. You're very welcome and I mean you grew up you've grown up in one of the most beautiful places that I know in Scotland Um, what was it like having having your your childhood in such a beautiful part of the Highlands? Yeah you know it sort of like with most um, experiences in our childhood, it's it's often in latter years that you, you really fully appreciate, you know, what where it was that you were, um, whether that was like maybe, you know, in whatever environment, we just have this be- a better sort of s- s- perspective on it all. But yeah, like even during my my childhood, I had always a really strong sense of like loving um the environment initially before Carbridge we were in a place called Fire which is kind of between Tom and Towel and Inverness it's like a really small um little remote uh more of like less of a village more of like seven houses in a row beside a tiny (laughs) school (laughs) and um and you know that like that sort of to me was like the the idyll if you like you know the proper truly idyllic childhood experience in that the school there was like 23 pupils and um 
I remember we we um just had quite a lot of freedom and then of course then moved to Carbridge and yeah it wasn't much different there was this incredible pine forest that we lived right next to um with this lovely bog you know like you, you know but you know what what are they called those wee flowers that are fl- like wee bog fluff flowers that you get blowing <laughs> in the wind and they're little like bits of white fluff tufts um just like seeing them uh, over you know like a sunset through the pines and some bog tuft flowers just blowing a little bit in a gentle breeze like that's kind of what comes to mind and um yes even as a child I did appreciate the sort of natural environment that I was in um plus yeah we were given loads of opportunities it was a I'm also I also realized that some in in many ways it was a privileged place to be brought up you know it was like Mm. there's a lot of privileges that come with living there um and I'm really grateful for all of them. It's, I mean, you've, you've created a beautiful image there. And just before we go on to talk about more places in Scotland and go on a wee audio trip, I just like to say it's quite an exciting time because you come bringing us new music. So do you mind giving us a background to the new EP that's coming out and the inspiration behind um, this wonderful collection of songs? Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's four tracks. Uh, the EP is called Swallow Me. And most of the the songs were written during my, my um, a very particular period in my life, which was when I was um, growing in pregnancy um, into, into a whole new um, way of being and living and sharing this earth. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the music spans a lot of that sort of transition aspect in that there was a lot that I I didn't know at the time and that was a very scary thing. So there's a lot of uns- like me writing and singing about uncertainty um, within the EP. And um, yeah, I'm and we recorded it over the very first last year's lockdown. Uh, most of it was recorded in my shed when I was living in a beautiful spot called Roslyn uh, outside of Edinburgh and um, and then it was all remotely recorded I sent that off everything I did I sent off to Berlin to my friend Finn who's there and he produced it from there so yeah a really cool piece of like a memento if you like from a time that that um, in many respects was entirely uh tumultuous and a total turning upside down of the world basically for so many and everybody in some form um so yeah i'm glad to have had something to do and some something to show for that time uh yeah so very happy with all, all aspects of it was the recording experience cathartic given what we couldn't do at that time did you find it as a nice way to release the energy that was maybe pent up um from not being able to go out and do things oh my gosh yes definitely like again maybe more so looking in reflection and seeing even just the way I sang um at times was it was um there was like nothing like just nothing holding me back because the opportunities to to do it were so few that um, any opportunities given to perform in any form, whether in front of somebody or not, um, 
just felt like, yeah, very cathartic. Um, in fact, and that makes me think of like, at the start of the year, there was a Celtic Connections show um, that I did. And uh, it was with Roddy Hart, do you know him? And um, yeah. it was it was like his band and they, were, they had a house band and I was just reflecting on the way I'd given myself to the performance of that show was like all in, like, you know, like I'm going to try twirling on stage whilst I sing, <laughs> you know, like, just, like you just go all, all in because like, and it's funny because it was an elbow song that I was co covering and um, the last line in it is, um, or like the outro part is like one day like this, uh, one day like this will see like I can't even remember but something like one day like this will see me through you know like and it was it was like it was a perfect example of like just give me one moment like this and I, yeah. and it'll help me survive <laughs> so. I'm so glad you brought up that performance because you know in our sort of deepest darkest days in January February time we had this wonderful online event of Celtic Connections to look forward to and I really remember watching you perform that song and I think the line is it um one day a year like this will see me through or something like that That's and it. yes and I totally I got that impression I just thought it looked like a performance full of so much joy and I noticed it's recently come online so I went back and watched it a few days ago and uh -huh. it still gives me so much joy to watch that video oh, great <laughs> that is so great because honestly like I was elated doing that gig, like, and singing that song, which was kind of unexpected because we hadn't even rehearsed it. So it was like, I didn't even know if I could fully sing it. And it, it was so nice just to, um, yeah, just to let rip. And I'm glad it, it was, it was like that for you because, um, yeah, just like, and, and yeah, so it perfectly depicts, doesn't it? That I think for many, like just this sort of want to, let rip if the opportunity if the opportunity is given um and whenever like even the smallest opportunity arises there was no audience there but like that wasn't going to stop the uh, the sense uh, and the sensation of like really meaning um the words you know really meaning it and really trying to embody it uh so yeah yeah i'm glad you you knew what i was talking about there Ah, absolutely. Uh, and with that sort of image in mind, I'd love to listen to a, a new song of yours. So do you mind introducing uh, the track that we're going to listen to off your brand new EP and we'll listen to it? Yeah. So, so this song is um, called Brighton House. And I, I recorded, I, I wrote it when I was in um, Boston it, touring at America whilst pregnant. This is where I kissed you last Or last where you kissed me Right here on the morning step I let the memory Like the tapping of a maple Syrup of the past From the sea dwells bittersweet This is where you park the car to pack and then depart. Drove away here I sat to greet a heavy heart. Like weight of fate upon the sea, I drifted on 
Just before we move on to the choices that you've made today for the tracks that take us back, there is one encounter or story rather that I would like to ask you about, which I read when I was doing a bit of research into, into the interview today. It's um, a meeting that you had with Mumford and Sons in Alapool that resulted in a spontaneous jamming session on a beach, or this is what it says online anyway. I'd love to know more about this and, and how this sort of came to be. Yeah, so um, it's lovely because this story um, that people pick up on, I, you know, because Mumford are a big band. So um, 
it's picked up on because it's sort of exciting and people are like, how did that happen? But the truth is, this is like the archetypal, I feel, the archetypal nature of um, music, musicians uh, and our festivals that that none of us know how we end up doing something bonkers, uh, you know, in the outdoors somewhere with a bunch of people. But it seems, you know, it's um, it's very common and it's the magic of these events that um, inhibitions are low and everybody is kind of open and willing and, and wanting to connect. And also the additional aspect of musical instruments and musical beings uh, kind of cre usually creates uh, some element of music being made so yeah it's 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 a very it's pretty much exactly as it, it you told it in that um I was 17 or I was possibly a little bit younger 16 or 17 and um it was Lupaloo festival I went there with my friend Owen and he and I just yeah, we just sort of went just to enjoy ourselves, but we'd also gone just to play all the music that we possibly could with anyone who was up for it. And um, yeah, Mumford were so a band that were just coming onto the scene and me and my brother had spent lots of time listening to them on YouTube, on the YouTube back in the <laughs> days when YouTube was still felt very young and, and early. And uh, yeah, we would listen to like this live set that they did on YouTube. So it was very exciting to see them live. And yeah, that was that was a pivotal moment, despite it just being that a very common situation for um, musicians and and definitely in my life of spontaneous jams in in random places. But meeting them was really beautiful because um, from that meeting, I ended up staying in contact with them. Um, with all of them, but mainly with Ben, who's the piano player. And Ben invited me to London. And he was like one of the first experiences I had of writing and recording music. So um, they really helped me along in many ways in the, in, in the way of even just as simple as being a, a, somehow associated with a band that's really, really well known now um, to more practical and uh, beneficial things personally in that yeah like they gave me access to a world that I wouldn't have had otherwise um, and it was all just through this lovely moment of being bold and asking if they wanted to join me you know and to have a, a jam on the beach and that's exactly that's what we did we just sung played them our songs and sung Bob Dylan songs and <laughs> um, just enjoyed ourselves so yeah that was that was that I love that. I wanted to I wanted to delve into that story because obviously the podcast is about celebrating places in Scotland and music. And I thought that story summed up the the essence of the podcast uh, perfectly. So thanks for sharing that with us. And I yeah. think this will lead well on to the first place, hopefully, that you've chosen to talk about today. So do you mind revealing that and, and why you've chosen this place? Yeah. So just north of Ullapool is um, you go up this winding road past some incredible hills, including one called uh, stack poly and um and past this giant sort of sort of I don't know it's like a sort of phallic hill um <laughs> Sulvan and then you go around and you get to this oh well do you know what 
I don't think it's there anymore. It's moved. But when I was younger, there was a campsite in this place called Aknaherd. And Aknaherd was this beautiful bay of a beach. And um, what I remember of it is just, you know, um, well, Sylvan and large expanse of water and um, hills and, and moors and sheep in all directions. Um, and yeah, it was a common spot for us to go as a family with other families from our area uh, for our holidays. And um, yeah, so Aknaherd campsite, I don't necessarily even know if, like we, we probably went into the more actual built up part of Aknaherd, which ba barely exists, but you know, there's a village hall and a shop and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we went camping there. Midges could sometimes be awful <laughs> uh, as, as with anywhere, I guess, in Scotland, especially the West Coast. I don't know about the, we, we always went to the West, almost always when we were on holiday. So can't speak for the East Coast in terms of midges, but- uh, I can vouch for the, uh, for the Northeast getting midges oh, yeah? very bad, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't doubt. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, just so many holidays to Aknaherd. Like that was one of the most common places that we went to for a holiday. It was wild. We we could run wild. Uh, lots of games of chases uh, in the sand dunes. Lots of outdoorsy kind of um, escapades. Or my my dad certainly. And um, lots of the parents that we went with were all involved either by, by their work, like by their careers or, or originally in careers uh, with outdoor education. So my dad was an out, before he joined the police, he was in the out, outdoor education. And so, you know, we just, that was kind of our upbringing was a lot of kayaking and guard walking and hmm. um, swimming and, just um, caving, those kind of, that was kind of the upbringing, climbing, that that was the fun that we had, which I feel, again, really privileged to have had the easy access to. Um, and yeah, so Acne Herd during the summer, oh, special, really special. All those activities that you've just listed off um, would be sort of my ideal holiday now. Is this, right. is, are, there, are there things that you enjoy still doing now as an adult or do you sort of look back on them and think, oh no, that was very much my childhood? Oh no, Ewan, they are still, <laughs> it's still, I mean, my childhood, I, I have to work very hard not to feel earnestly like I want to go back all the time to my childhood <laughs> because there were so many aspects of it that were beautiful. I wish I kind of had the same abilities that, that um, my, certainly like my mom and dad both you know gave us that the access to that and but my dad definitely you know he knew how to like fit the harness safely and scale the rocks and and you know put the carabina or what are they called they're called friends these little things that you stick into the rocks so oh, that, yeah. you know safe. um you know I wish I hadn't had that ability um but I live in Portobello now and I'm definitely going to get a kayak soon and teach my daughter to swim so that we can at least do a little bit of the the tame version and when we go north um we can get papa to take us on those adventures yeah i'm with you in that they are still absolute like dream holiday situation very much it's funny because what's happened over the last year has uh, forced a lot of people to look closer to home for trips that they can do 
And this is something that I already did anyway. So for me, it was already a really exciting thing, but I'm going to Tyree in July and I've never been. And I'm so excited to like get stuck in and to do some of those activities, hopefully go kayaking, try and go surfing. Apparently it's called the Hawaii of the North. So as you're <laughs> talking about those, those activities, I can feel myself already getting excited for uh, doing that hopefully very soon. I'm so excited for you. Tyree is, we had one holiday up there and that was, yeah, it was really really spit and so like it is it's like tropical up there oh I'm so excited um mm -hmm. so what song have you chosen and why have you chosen this particular song that reminds you of these memories yeah so yep long long journeys to these places on winding roads you definitely need like good soundtrack eh definitely and um yeah the parents had some good cds in the car so this one I chose because there was a particular holiday that we went on with one of my cousins from Australia who um, who was he was amazing and um, it was really beautiful that we got to spend this summer with him because this I would have been um, maybe 13 and him 12 and that was going to be the last time we ever saw him in not that we knew it at the time but uh, it's just one of those funny things that it will stay in my memory also as like a really golden era and precious time to have come to know this beautiful being before he he passed on to uh well before he died so it was it was um this song that um is by the dixie chicks um we listened to them a lot and i just thought they were the best like so dramatic and hmm. um all these incredible harmonies and yeah so brilliant and this song it's called Easy Silence. And whenever we played it, my cousin Elliot would like do this sort of really annoying imitation of the of the girls singing in the chorus. Um, but it became just a running joke that like if we played it, you'd just wait for him to start wailing during the chorus. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I I just I love that memory and uh, and it and it, and this song is actually really beautiful. It was one of the first ones I learned when I learned to play the guitar. I need something to believe in, breathe in sanctuary in the easy silence that you make for me. It's okay when there's nothing more to say to me. And the peaceful quiet you create for me. And the way you keep the world at bay for me. The way When you sent me your choices through and I saw this song, I was so happy because it's a song that I, I haven't listened to in a long time, but my dad had this album and he also played it in the car. And I used to live in a place called Strawn, which is close to Bankery in Aberdeenshire. That's where I grew up. And my memory of this song is that the album just being in the car for the, the journeys going back from Strawn to Bankery, because I was at that age. It must have been, I don't know, maybe like 2004, 2005, where I was starting to sort of expand socially and I was constantly asking my parents for lifts into Bankery and it would be this song that <laughs> was the soundtrack to those lifts on so many occasions and I, I put it on a few days ago and you're right it's actually a really beautiful song yeah definitely like those girls are cool and They're yeah so cool <laughs> <laughs> and they've got great you're right the harmonies are perfect as well the beautiful um so I'm thank you for choosing that. that yeah, yeah. 
thanks for uh thanks for bringing back uh some some old memories for me as well that's what i love about doing this is when i get people's choices through i'm like oh that's a brilliant choice i've not heard that in so long <laughs> so thank you and let's move on to the second place that you've chosen to talk about today yeah so the second place very much in line with the, the first option the first choice these were just the first places that came to my mind which again shows you my my penchant for returning to the younger the the golden eras of childhood and all those adventures um and this place is called Tarin and it it's found on the Isle of Skye um kind of on your way to Elgal uh there's from Broadford um there's this old schoolhouse which is an outdoor center right on the edge of Loch Slappen, I believe it's called. Um, looking out over the water to um, a hill that we actually called our, my parents named their house Blavin after the hill that you looked upon from this schoolhouse. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah, again, it was another, maybe even more common than Acne Haired. It's funny, I don't even know how many times, we definitely went there regularly. Um, hmm on summer holidays with again a whole troop of different families all of them with the notion of um the outdoors being a focus and uh yeah like oh so much fun and again you could just run wild like us kids were feral and when I think about that <laughs> as well like I'm like I really I really hope I'm not too like I'm often Looking back, I think my parents feel like this as well. They're like, how did we let you guys do all of those things? <laughs> um, and I'm just glad that they did. And I really hope that I'm able to do the same for my daughter when, whenever she gets the opportunity to go feral in, in the Highlands somewhere. Um, but yeah, like it, it was an, yet another sort of brilliant spot. Nothing fancy. Um, <laughs> the They're like bunk beds in each of the rooms and loads of the bunk beds were like you had like all these engravings from children or school trips or whatever all of them just hating it you could tell they were just not enjoying <laughs> it. written the worst ever like messages inside there like just showing how miserable they felt in this <laughs> place um and it couldn't be any like more opposite for like the the, the group of us that were there um yeah we were just deaf it was definitely a special spot so yeah I think you've just described one of the most beautiful places in Scotland um up the top of Blavin when you get the view across to the Coolins on the other side it is absolutely stunning and yeah and so dramatic and just there's nowhere else like that in Scotland I don't think maybe Glencoe to a certain extent but not on that scale I don't think as Sky has it and that particular part of Sky. Mm -hmm. uh, I love how you know all these references that make like I guess I should, <laughs> I should expect that but it's it's just so lovely to <clears throat> share in the image with somebody it's like so lovely and yes you're right it is magical it's a magical spot do you know two two of my friends proposed up there last year um to their partners oh. <laughs> in the space of about a month and I was up <laughs> there with my she is actually my fiance now but I didn't do it on Blavin and I was like, should I make it a hat trick? Should I do it up yeah. here? But I think she thought it would be too predictable at the top of a hill. So I decided to, to catch her off guard and do it somewhere else. But I mean, yeah. I can see why people would choose it. It's stunning. 
it's so beautiful that's really sweet yeah you probably, you were probably going to get cut out if she if she knows you well enough you you were going to have to do something a little bit more surprising yeah exactly and also that drive that you take from broadford down to elgar when you get i mean it's such a dramatic sort of um quite adventurous drive but when you get to the end that's another place where the views back onto the coolins are just probably some of the best I, i've seen yes definitely like yeah, what a crazy spot. Like, I really want to go back. In fact, this, ye- this year or next, then definitely um, I've been speaking to a few people at the notion of trying um, trying the Coolin Ridge. Wow. We'll see. But that's definitely on the cards because when we were younger, actually, one of the trips that we did, we did the in-pin. I don't know if you know the in-pin, oh, but it's... Like I want to do it so badly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny now looking back again, I'm like, we did that. Like... <laughs> We were like nine or something, but it we had you know we just had the means because we had the dads that were like up for taking us up there. But I'd love so I've I've had that experience. I've been up there and um did see someone like with a tiny tent like basically hanging off the edge of one of the <laughs> a part of the ridge, and it just looks so like Mordor. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely a plan um, afoot. So if um. If I need to do the in pin, I need to contact your dad. Is that is that the the situation? That's he's the man to go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, have you seen the Danny McCaskill video by the way, where he takes his bike on top of there? Yes, that's, that's amazing. That's <laughs> <laughs> I just love it how he's like when they in the in the sort of outtakes, he's like got it on his back and he's like getting winched <laughs> up to the top, and then they get this amazing shot of him just on top of it like 360 degree panoramic oh it's amazing um brilliant so sky yeah we've we've obviously um established that we both have a love for sky so what song reminds you of of sky mm-hmm. so this song is letter from america by the proclaimers and the this immediately comes to mind because as children we would always um there was a whole range of ages in all the kids that were coming on these holidays. And um, pro- like each night we put on some form of a performance for the parents. And um, <laughs> and this was, and one of the nights was kind of like a river dance spectacular where we had, you know, we like we used the old tables to like make a backstage and we would come out dressed up in different things and, um, do various dances to various bits of music, but definitely the one that we sung and danced to most commonly, it just seemed to be the theme song for that time and for our, our the fun that we were having was Letter from America. Is that where you got the the sort of um, performing bug? Did you enjoy the adrenaline that came with that and thought this is what I want to do with my life? <laughs> Good question. Uh, probably. You know, they must have had something to do with it. We were always doing... Um, coming up with something in order to uh, perform for the uh, for the adults so sometimes I think that that's like a very not like I can't think of any kids who don't like to do that but at mm. the same time yeah I must have I must have taken something from it where I I wanted to take it into my adult life as well also a great song to choose to perform as well I'm just thinking about traveling around Scotland I mean in that song alone it you've reels off so many beautiful locations it's a Loch Harbour one of them Lewis yeah fantastic places to if you're looking for a road trip just follow that song right <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so true <laughs> I didn't even think about that but yes good point 
<laughs> um, great. So shall we listen to it then and enjoy thinking of um, you and your friends as, as children performing this to your parents? <laughs> when you go, will you sing? So shall we move on to the final place that you've chosen? I often ask people this. Have you have you saved the best place for last? Hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give my honest answer there. I love that. That's great. This is not like compared to the first two, um, this is a, a this is like another realm, but it was the third place that came to mind. And Really, in truth, it just couldn't even be compared to the other two. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm glad you're honest. And um, yeah, but I guess it holds something significant as to why you've chosen it. Yes, it's, it is a special spot. Um, it's just not as scenic for sure um, or as fresh, fresh aired. Um, yeah, so this, this is um, a bar on Bath Street in Glasgow called Bar Block and um, it's it's got a particular um, stamp of a, of of kind of era and memory in my head and it's it's like whenever I hear the word or see the word Bar Block I sort of see the deep red logo that um that it of it of its of the bar and also like there there was like a red hue to a lot of the lighting and it's just this sort of underground like sort of cellar bar on 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 bath street and it was a very common place um to go it had a really cool open mic night which at the time was hosted by louis abbott of admiral fallow and 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 a few and a few other brilliant um hosts and yeah I would often like I would just go there even on my own like it was the kind of place where you didn't have to have company you knew you would find company there and uh and if I was not touring I would uh I would head down there for 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 nights for the night you know and it was just a really lovely atmosphere it was really boisterous it wasn't when I say lovely atmosphere, I don't mean that anybody was listening to anyone <laughs> or that, you know, like that there, that there was some form of a attentive respect going on, but there was like an energy um, and a vibrance and a warmth amongst everybody. Um, so it seemed to be very much a hub, as far as I could tell, for more of the indie music scene. And um, I think it was Sunday nights and by, by the end of the Sunday night, all the other people from various other sessions. So you had like, so of, um, the Ben Nevis had a trad session um, on Sundays and the 78 had a jazz session on Sundays, but both would end 
um, at the usual pub closing time, but Bar Block kind of had later hours. So everybody from all the pools of, of music and genre um, would find themselves in Bar Block at four in the morning, hmm. um, having sing-alongs and and people like I definitely tested out a whole bunch of new songs there, um, drunk and with guitars that I couldn't play. Uh, it was just like, you know, that kind of an atmosphere where anything was allowed and everybody uh, supported you in it in their own sort of uh, cacophonous way. And what, what was it like for you having grown up in these beautiful, picturesque, rural parts of Scotland and then coming to a city and exploring that side of Scotland? Um, initially, well, do you know what? By the time I was, I, I moved down there when I was about 17 and um, didn't move, didn't study, but was like friends with all of these music students and was slowly just integrating into the, the music scene. And um and I was ready for it by that point. I think initially, like any trips to, my family are from, Scot are, are from Scotland. My family, <laughs> they're from Glasgow is what I meant to say. So my mum's family, her parents moved from Donegal and mum was brought up in Castlemilk in Glasgow. And my dad's family were a slightly, they were next generation immigrants from Italy and, um, they lived in Cuthcart. And so we have all, most of my family were from Glasgow. And as a child, I really did not like the city. Like I was convinced that it made me ill. You know, like I, <laughs> I would, you know, I had sinus issues and stuff, but I think I just created it in my own head, but, and I hated shopping and I just hated to be around so many shops. And, um, but, you know, I was very, I was very, uh, probably very snooty, you know, like <laughs> I couldn't bear um, pollution, like, you know, the notion of too much traffic, like I've told my breath uh, on streets and yeah, and felt quite unsafe as well, like because I'd been brought up in such a rural spot, like just thought I was going to get kidnapped all the time. So my childhood, my childhood impression of cities was um, very warped and, and very, uh, didn't I wasn't impressed at all um whereas by the time I got to 17 and met the friends I was meeting uh the music I I was being exposed to and making it just like opened up Glasgow in a whole another way that was really exciting and suddenly yeah suddenly the the hubbub and the bustle um, the late nights and the sort of the energy that sort of was ceaseless it is it's just like we we girl goes to the big town sort of um story isn't it and it and it was it was so exciting um and yeah so coming from it I obviously had I'll, I'll, I'll always have sort of like a disposition for the quietude and for this sort of more of an open spaces but uh yeah I fully embraced it at that at that point in my life and loved the 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 kind of grime of it and yeah like alcohol for example I just I hadn't really delved into that world of alcohol until I came to the city so there was lots to be discovering <laughs> <laughs> and now 
as an adult and having had um, your daughter, do you enjoy still being in the city or do you feel more of a pull bringing you back to, to where you've grown up? Yeah, really uh, pertinent and poignant question in that, yes, once I, once I gave birth, there was a part of me that, um, yeah, felt very compelled to do what my parents had done, which was, yeah, which was moved to somewhere rural. And, um, and I did try that. I moved, um, I moved to Roslyn, uh, which is just a little bit out with Edinburgh. And it was really nice actually. Um, but it's funny, the world works in funny ways. Like I, you know, Rosa was a surprise in many ways, but has been that amongst everything and everything else that is all hers. Um, she encouraged me and instilled a sense of needing to settle somewhere. And um, and her daddy being from Edinburgh, this is, you know, it really put it to me that like, I'm gonna have to stay, stick around um, in this area. And um, it's, it's taken, it's taken as long as Rosa's been alive, um, alive and kicking. Um, <laughs> so that's about four years to sort of start to feel at peace um, with where I'm at in a more in a more um, busy setting. But but I do live um, not in town. I, I live in Portobello, which feels almost like a seaside village in its own way, and um, and. We're, but, and at the same time, you've got the convenience of the city centre. And one thing I would say is that having spent time in Roslyn and been reminded of certain experiences I had as a kid, as, especially as a teenager um, in Carbridge, was that there's a lot to be said that um, I don't know if um, I'm the right character for a village all the time in that... Um, I'm, I'm kind of introverted, but then I'm also quite um, um, strange sometimes. So like, or, or maybe that's just my impression of myself. I feel, I don't want to, I want, I don't want to draw attention to myself, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but sometimes I would do that just by be, just by being who I was, um, like by, wearing clothes that looked a bit different or um or just by you know by this way of life of like being uh, a, like an artist or a musician like it, it was almost like it could be a bit it was it, you could feel a little bit um I could feel a bit like too out out um hmm too exposed or something in a village setting. Mm. Um, I don't know what that is. Like, I'm still curious about it. Um, but I, I do quite, what I think I probably, it's probably easier from this, the side of when you're in a city, nobody looks at you twice. You know, you're quite anonymous. Yeah. And um, I do almost, I like that. And, and I experienced that throughout my touring life as well, that as a traveler, you're, you're anonymous and mm. there's quite a nice thing. It allows you just to sort of, um, just to be without the concern of what other people might think basically. Um, and maybe for me, that's a bit loud in my head. It's quite hard to not be without that thought of like, what do other people think? Um, and one way to sort of minimize that noise is to live in a place where nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I can definitely relate to having got out of those places, lived in Edinburgh, Glasgow, London, and found myself back in a rural part of Scotland. I feel like I've come sort of yeah. 360 degrees on that. Uh, to take you back to Glasgow and to Bar mm-hmm. Block, you mentioned that um, Louis Abbott of Admiral Fallow used to host um, this open mic night. Um, so do you mind moving on to why you've chosen that song then, which I'm guessing will lead into well? <laughs> yes, so it, it leads to Guest of the Government by Admiral Fallow, which Louis wrote in honour of Bar Block and those very evenings. So when you listen to it, you can, um, you can, you get like a, a peephole into the world through the lens of Louis Abbott, who's obviously, um, well, he's such a poet and he's so cool. Like he's a poet and then, then Admiral Fallow and their musicality is just so great. And I feel like the rhythm and pace and um, poly, voices within the song um create the same feeling uh that that bar block kind of had on those magical nights just before we listen to the song i just want to say thank you so much rachel for coming on the show today and letting us delve into your memories and taking us to some really beautiful spots and i've thoroughly enjoyed going there with you through your stories so thank you very much it's been so much fun thank you ewan Listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with you and Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a rating and a review. Please also go on social media and like and share the pages with all your friends and family. A little reminder that on Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia, and on Twitter, search Capture Cali. Go on, like, share, post, comment about it, and help spread the word of Capture Caledonia. If you want to support the podcast, remember you can go on to my Buy Me A Coffee page, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount that you can afford to donate to support the podcast will really go a long way and help to ensure that we can keep the podcast going in the future. Thank you so much for your continued support, and I look forward to seeing you next week.